Hi, this is Amita Switlow. I'm in this beautiful place called Lillooet in British Columbia. It's kind of like almost the desert part, getting into the desert part of British Columbia. And I'm sitting on the deck with uh, Trevor Chandler, actually Dr. Trevor Chandler. And uh, Trevor, you were Jumbo. Habari. Habari mama. And we just sat down and he made some wonderful um, ugali and um, what did we call it? What was the... Nyama na Sukuma Wiki. Nyama When you were in Tanzania, you got a nickname. Uh, what was the nickname? When I was in Tanzania, I was known as Bwananyuki. Bwananyuki. What does that mean? Bwananyuki means Mr. B. Mr. B. The, the B man. And how did you get that name? Well, I got that name because I hadn't been there very long, and um, at Omotoni at the at the uh, training institute, one day there was a swarm of bees that came out over the office, and everybody went running to hide, and I stood out there, <laughs> and in the swarm I saw the queen bee. I reached up and grabbed the queen, and then I called for them to give me a, a matchbox. I put the queen in the matchbox, and I asked them to bring a beehive, so I brought a beehive over, and I put the queen bee inside the beehive, and we stood there and waited until the bees sensed where their queen was, and they all went into the beehive. And it was, it was like magic, because everybody was so afraid of the bees, and I was standing in the middle of the swarm with the, with the queen, and so after that, I was considered to have some credibility with respect to bees. <laughs> I would imagine. Okay, so how did you, how did you gain that experience? I'm here and I see across the street there's a bee, uh, honey place. Uh, so that, that was a business started by my father. That's mm -hmm. uh, caribou apiaries, and uh, he actually started during the war keeping bees at the end of the aerodrome in England. Then after the war, my family came out to Canada. And again, he always wanted to keep bees, and eventually he moved up to Ashcroft and bought a small bee business. And over the years, he enlarged it, moved over here to Lillooet in 1952, and the business has been here ever since. My cousin runs it now. And what did you study in <coughs> university before you went out on assignment? Well, first of all, I studied, I went to the Agricultural University, to the University of Guelph, and got my degree in agriculture with a major in biology, and two majors in biology and apiculture, beekeeping. And then I went to Simon Fraser University, and um, when it opened, it was a brand new university, and went into graduate school and studied the plant physiology and ecology. Okay. Got my PhD there. And went off to France and did postdoctorate work at uh, Laboratoire de Photosynthèse. Um, and that's when I decided I wanted to do something in the field again, so I decided to join CUSO. And <coughs> as a coincidence, because I've been talking about that, my father also joined CUSO at the same time. No. Yes. Oh, we thought. So oh, you will, you will find a John Chandler in the CUSO records. <laughs> And, and he and I both worked on bees in Tanzania. Mm. Oh, he was, he was in the head office in Dar es Salaam, and I was at the training institute in, in uh, Omotoni. 
near Arusha. And is John deceased still alive? Yes, he's deceased. He's deceased. Long deceased. Yeah. So, at the same time, did he say, son, let's go do this? Yeah, we were doing this together. That's right. Huh. <laughs> father, son. Look, I thought we had our first father, son uh, in the last few years. So. Oh, no, no. That was a father, son one back in those days. Wow, that's amazing. <coughs> and... Um, so you he, went he and I both then moved over to CETA together, actually. Okay. And then IDRC. And then, then he came back to Canada and I went to IDRC, yes. So your career um, in, the, in, sorry, in the Caribou at Thompson has been in distance learning. Well, what happened was <coughs> when I came back to Canada eventually, mm -hmm. after nine years and working overseas, um, it was difficult to find work because uh, and at that time they were thinking of setting up some kind of a distance education institution for delivering university to the rest of the province and I as a biologist didn't want to go and live in a big city I wanted to live in a rural area mm -hmm. so I actually came back here to Lillooet and I had bought this place from my mother while I was overseas mm -hmm. came back here and planted an orchard and 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 then when they set up the open learning institute it was called in those days I applied to them for work and I could do all of my teaching work from here because we used mail and telephone and then the open learning institute became the open learning agency and then it became the BC open university which the new liberal government killed <laughs> and then they created University College of the Caribou, they put the Open University and the University College of the Caribou together and made the new university called Thompson Rivers. Okay, Thompson. So I retired from Thompson Rivers University <laughs> um, after 25 years of teaching. Wow. So all these years later, if we look back at CUSO being around for 50 years, um, what was the impact doing that work had what what impact did it have on your on your world and your life hmm well I think for one thing it made me much more open-minded about the world <coughs> um, and it also working in a in a foreign culture and learning to respect that culture learning to to work with it and live with it instead of fighting it um, meant that when I came back here I felt at home working at that interface with the Aboriginal cultures here even though they were a minority here they they um, it was it was possible to see and respect what was there because of that experience I think mm. that was one thing you also um, met a lovely lady there I also met a <laughs> also met a woman there in, a, in an Italian restaurant in Nairobi. <laughs> <laughs> and her name? And, and her name is Sarah. Sarah. And I I told her she could come back here to Lillooet and see this place, because I had bought this place then. <clears throat> and if she liked it, she could stay here and name it. And so she named it Bruin's End, because she didn't like... The bears kept coming in the orchard, and she didn't want them killed. So she thought if she named it Bruin's End, they'd stay away. Oh. <laughs> it was also a play on the English way of naming places so so it's been Bruins End ever since so if and she's still here so it was a good sign <laughs> oh that worked 
And any of you else have any questions? Anybody else? Did the bear stay away after the neighbor? No, I finally had to build the electric fence <laughs> to keep them away. Yeah, so every every summer I have to put the electric fence up and then I take it down when, snow, when the snow runs. Put it up again. We're really lucky today because actually we have two Tanzanian uh, RVs, Narina Switlow and Trevor and the Spirit of John with us here in this wonderful place. And uh, a, a lot of Tanzanians are with you as well. I'm sure there was impact in, uh, in the lives of a few people. Tell me about a student or two that you may know of and what they're doing today. Well, I know <coughs> one of my students, Paul Niti, who was a very conscientious... Well, he, <coughs> he wasn't really one of my students in that he was <coughs> seconded to teach. I mean, my students, in a way, there are two levels of students because <coughs> I was setting up the beekeeping training program at Omotoni, so I was given <coughs> staff to work with me mm -hmm. that I had to teach how to be teachers uh -huh. and give them the material to put in the courses as well. Okay. And, um, and then I, we had the students, the, the young people who were sent there to learn how to become beekeeping officers, extension officers. And Paul was a particularly conscientious staff person who was sent. And uh, I, we, we became very close to him. And, um, <coughs> and uh, actually then, after I'd been back here for a while, he was sent for training in Beaver Lodge, Alberta, somewhere, yeah, Beaver Lodge, and ended up coming down here and visiting me in Lillooet for a day. He and a number of others came to see Buananuki. <laughs> came to see Buananuki, and uh, <clears throat> I've been in contact with him by email for quite a few years. And um, he's from the Arusha area. He, he's a he's um, <clears throat> he's a Chaga. He's a Chaga. He's a Chaga from the area between the two mountains, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, he uh, he. Um, he now works for the World Wildlife Fund in their Dar es Salaam office. Wonderful. So he didn't stay with bees, but I like to think that a lot of the things he learned working with me apply to what he was doing there too. So I'm hoping to I'm hoping to be able to see him this this winter actually, probably in January. We'll see. So I want to say on behalf of everyone at QSO VSO that. Um, you know, people. there's an African saying that when's the best time to plant a tree? 50 years ago. 50 years, exactly. And when's the next best time to plant a tree? And that's today. And so to, here we have the two people that have been planting trees in, in the same country in a unique way, and that is planting um, ideas and, and uh, the ability, I mean, not the ability to learn, but the ideas with, with people. And both of you have done that. So all these years later, from the 70s, I'm sure that there are people who continue to teach other people oh, about there some are, of the things yes. you taught them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think one of the things we have to remember is that we're only one little grain of sand in the world. And I think one of the things that, that struck me is a lot of young people who want to go and do something in the world want to have an immense impact and you don't have to have an immense impact you just have to do the right thing and 
There's that great story about the hummingbird. You know the story about the hummingbird that... Um, no, tell me. There was a big forest fire. And all the animals were running away from the forest fire. And this hummingbird was picking up a drop of water, flying over the forest fire and dropping this drop of water and going back and getting another drop. And they were laughing at the hummingbird and said, you're wasting your time. What do you think you're doing? And the hummingbird said, I'm doing what I can. Love it. Yeah, so anyone who wants to serve overseas, I'm doing what I can. I'm doing what I can. That's it. Exactly. So Tre Trevor, thank you so much for hosting us for a lovely dinner. And again, thank you for your service so many years ago. We look forward to seeing you out in the field again. Well, thank you for coming by and you're welcome to come by again. That's for Please everyone, do. by the way. That's right. <laughs> thank you. We need